What time is it? Ah, oh, it's not 50 to 6. It's time for Steve's NRL Footy Tips, and welcome to the show today, ladies and gentlemen. It's Friday night, which means round 14 is about to kick off this evening, but before we get to that, I just want to acknowledge the game that happened on Wednesday night. Hope you guys checked out Steve's State of Origin Game 1 preview. It's up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. I'm going to also preview the next two games of the series, but what a victory by New South Wales. Absolutely unbelievable. Their biggest win in history, 50 points to 6. The second biggest win in Origin history after Queensland's 52-6 victory over the Blues in 2015 Game 3. But it was an absolutely outstanding sight up there in Townsville on Wednesday night. For the Blues to go up there and basically humiliate Queensland in front of 25,000 screaming Queenslanders was absolutely unbelievable. Tommy Turbo, at the height of his powers, he was named in the centers, but he basically played like a fullback. He was roaming everywhere, combining very well with Latrell Mitchell. He had a great game back in the Origin Arena for the first time after two years. Brian Toho, his debut, absolutely outstanding on the wing there for the Blues, scoring two tries, setting up another. It was all working for the Blues, and it was on the back of that half combination in Cleary and Lua. So an absolute great performance by the Blues. Their forwards really stepped up and took the battle to Queensland as well, and Queensland are now in a situation where they've got to somehow figure out how they're going to save this series. I mean, a lot of times when you see a flogging in origin, it's a lot of the times game three. But this is game one, so there's a chance for Queensland to fix all this before we get the Suncorp in game two. But it's a tall mountain to climb because the Blues looked unstoppable on Wednesday night. And I said it in the podcast uh, pre-game that... The Blues 1-5, if they get a roll on and they can get some metres up the middle and, and Queensland's forwards aren't particularly there, it could be a tough night for Queensland. And that's exactly what happens. I mean, when you've got Tommy taking two hit-ups in the third set, it really sets the tone. But you've got guys like Detroit, uh, Latrell Mitchell, Brian Toho, The Fox, and Teddy all making metres um, early in the tackle count throughout the game. It was absolutely outstanding to see. And it's one of the best state-of-origin performances in history, if you had a doubt. So... Um, don't get me wrong, the pressure's on Queensland to try to fix the series and where they're at at the moment. They've got a couple of weeks to do it and see how their players go in club football and see what changes they need to make to their personnel. But for the Blues, the pressure's equally there because we've seen so many Blue sides from recent years fade away over their history. And, um, you know, it would probably be their worst series loss of all time if they don't win the 2021 State of Origin Series after winning game 150-6. So I know the second game's in Suncorp. It's going to be tight. Um... Queensland are going to be up for it in front of their home faithful at their proper, you know, spiritual home there at Suncorp. But the way the Blues are flying at the moment, um, you'd probably, you'd be pretty, you'd have to be a, a person with some some deep courage and some confidence to bet on Queensland to win the series at this point. But that's what Queensland like. They like New South Wales always counting them out. So we'll see how that goes. But as I said, it is Friday. Um, so it could be a bit of a shorter show today, but we've got eight games to preview. The action all starts tonight. It's my second podcast in the World of Rugby League this week, so let's get to it. Before we do, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. Please subscribe to the Apple Podcast and the Spotify feed. Let's get to all the action for Round 14. And a quick thank you for all the support that you guys have showed me in 2021. I appreciate it. I wouldn't be here without all that support each and every week. Please remember to like uh, my other uh, podcast with my co-host, Noel Letter. It's What Have We Been Watching? It's available on the Spotify and Apple Podcast feeds. 
basically what we do is we cover a movie topic each week and then we rank them. This week we covered The Conjuring Universe and we ranked all the movies from The Conjuring movies to The Annabelle movies. So check that out on whatever we've been watching, podcast feed on our podcast and Spotify and on the Facebook and Instagram pages. Thank you guys for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, round 14 kicks off from 6 p.m. at Four Pines Park up there in Brookvale. I believe they've changed the name officially this year, but they are... They're up there hosting the North Queensland Cowboys to start round 14. Origin has affected both of these teams. Kyle Felt will not be backing up for the Cowboys. Valentine Holmes will be, however. For the Beanley Seagulls, the big one, Tom Sorovich, has been ruled out to back up from this game after his man of the match performance in game one of State of Origin. He's going to be replaced by Dylan Walker at the back. Cherry Evans and Jake Sorovich are both backing up. So... We're going to be in for an interesting match on Friday night. Manly have only won one game without Ton Trojevic this season. It was a 13-12 to victory against the Warriors. I think that was back in round six. So um, it's going to be a, an interesting contest. Do they have the confidence to win without Tommy? Well, the jury's still out on that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of these guys would have got confidence, you know, playing with him for the last month. But they need to bring their A game this week because the Cowboys are on a bit of a roll at the moment. After my prediction of them owning the Wooden Spoon and losing their first four games, they've really come back and made a big statement in this competition and found themselves in the top eight. So they're fighting for a final spot with games like this. So it's an interesting contest. Cherry Evans needs a big game. He needs to lift. He was quiet on Wednesday night in Origin, and you'd think that he'd be after a bit of revenge. And uh, this is the second game he's played in three days without his usual fullback partner in Tom Sarovic. So the pressure's going to be on him. Kieran Foran's back for him as well. Um... And, you know, they're going to be out to uh, to have an improved performance. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see if Ben Shorovic gets on the field this week after that loss to Newcastle a fortnight ago. But as important as this game is for the Cowboys, it's also important for Manly when you look at the fact that they lost to the Knights. They're currently in a position where there's six wins and six losses, but they don't want to be negative um, in win, you know, during the uh, after round 14 of the season. We're getting into the business end of the season, and Manly need to really step up um, if they're going to make a late push for the finals. And to be honest, they could still make a late push for the top four um, if they can get a roll on here. So it's a huge game about Tom Sarovic. He'll be back on deck next week. For the Cowboys, obviously, um, they're traveling along pretty nicely. I mean, they uh, they got the win a couple of weekends ago against the Warriors 29-28. to 28. They seem to really be in the contest uh, for a lot of these games until they verse a heavyweight of the competition, and then they kind of fold away. The question is, is Manly any sort of a heavyweight about Tom Sarovic? I don't think they are. And I think the combination of Valentine Holmes and Scott Drinkwater has been great so far this season. I want to see that continue. Tom Dearden is playing his first game for the Cowboys after a mid-season transfer from the Broncos. So it'll be interesting to see how him and Drinkwater combine. Um, and, you know, if their forwards can get over the top of Manly, Jake Sarovic is backing up. So he's going to be a bit fatigued. Martin Tapia is really going to lead Manly's forward pack because you've got guys like McLean, um, Tamalolo and Cohen Hess running at them, and I know that they all might not be in their best form, but at their best, they are a formidable forward pack, and I just think that Cowboys can get over the top of Manly and key past this game. I don't know where Manly's points are going to come from without Tom Sarovic. Um, you know, Cherry Evans, as I said, he's going to have to have a huge game, and Dylan Walker's form at the fullback hasn't been particularly well so far this year. Um, hasn't been great. So um, I think the Cowboys will win this one in a bit of an upset. I've got the Cowboys by four points to start round 14. This week's prime time Friday night 
game that will be on both Channel 9 and Fox Sports takes place at the Strata Jubilee Stadium from 8pm when the Cronulla Sharks host the Penrith Panthers, who now, as of last week, have lost the game. I predicted the Tigers on the podcast last week, but Penrith were brave with so many troops out. They're in a similar situation this week, um, as it's been confirmed late yesterday afternoon that the only Origin player that will back up, I believe, is Liam Martin who he still finds himself in the reserve. So he hasn't been cut, but he's not necessarily in the 17 as of yet. Appy Corsio comes back in the hooker role, but no Luai, no Cleary, no Brian Toho. Um, there's plenty of others that are out, I'm just trying to remember, uh, on top of my head. But um, they've got a lot out. Um, Kate, well, and Isaiah, yo, the other two, yeah. Um, they've got plenty out this week. They, they're going to have to do it without their stars. They're versing a Cronulla Sharks team that's, I started to let a little bit of a roll on. They destroyed the Titans two weeks ago. It was a terrible start of the year for the Sharks. And the last time they versed the Penrith Panthers, it was 40-0 to the Panthers. But they're looking a little bit better. They got their combinations right. Uh, Moylan and Johnson, their hearts combination needs a little bit of work, but it's improving each week. And Will Kennedy's playing a good brand of football at the back for him. Um, they've got full strength side because they, pretty much, because they dropped Chad Townsend and they had no players representing Origin on Wednesday. So they've had all week to prepare for this game. And Penrith have been in a situation where they haven't known who's going to be in their 17 up until yesterday. So these guys that, a lot of these players anyway, are, are still experienced to me. And they've got guys like Burden and May in the halves that have played a few games together now. Their backs are pretty experienced. They've got guys like Corsi, Fish Harris, and Kiki on the second row. So it's a lot more of an experienced pack from last week. But they've still got guys like Hotwood and Targo and uh, Mitch Kenny. Obviously, he's got some experience. But these guys are all on the bench for him. And... These young guys um, will be better from the run last week, but I just don't know if they compete with the Sharks for 80 minutes. The Sharks are at home in front of their faithful um, at their makeshift home at Nostrada. They haven't been great this year, but if they can get into a grind, which is what the great Sharks teams of old managed to do, that they can grind a win away in this match. The Panthers, this is the time that you want to verse, and this is the time that you're most likely to beat them, and I think the Sharks have the ability to do that and potentially make a run for the top eight still in 2021. So I've got the Sharks in this game by six points, but it's going to be a back-and-forth game, and obviously this Panthers team's a lot more experienced than last week. So don't be surprised if uh, they make it competitive and even get away with the win. I just think that with all these distractions with Origin, um, that Penrith are in a, going to find themselves in a little bit of a slump um, in this week and potentially in the next month, but they're still obviously going to be the powerhouses of the competition come finals time. So... Super Saturday kicks off my favourite time of the week from 3pm tomorrow at Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans host the travelling Sydney Roosters. The Titans, well, it's they've been the disappointment of the year other than the Canberra Raiders for me. A terrible performance uh, two weekends ago against the Sharks. They were competitive against the Storm, who had their worst performance of the year last season, but it was a game they should have won and they let it slip away. AJ Brimson has been ruled out again this week as of this morning, so expect... Uh, Young Campbell to, to slot him back there. David Feeder and Big Tino looking like they may back up. The Roosters, Teddy, looks like he's going to back up as well and they get Angus Crichton back in the lineup. But for the Titans, it's been a year to forget. They need to somehow get it back on track because they still are a chance for the finals, but they need to go on a bit of a run now and their for and against has been awful. They're actually probably the second or third worst defensive team in the competition. By the end of the year, they could be the worst defense in the competition because... With any sort of pressure, the Titans' defense just seems to disappear, and you'll see a lot of opposition just running down the middle, making breaks, and it all just becomes too easy 
for their opponents. So um, for a coach that has been known in the past to be such a defensive coach at the end of the year last year when the Titans won those five in a row and overseas in the English Super League, Justin Holbrook was known for his defensive structures. I don't know what's going wrong with the Titans. I just don't know if they're not getting on board with the program, but something needs to be fixed there. Needs to be fixed soon, or they could find themselves with very few wins for the rest of the season. It doesn't get any easier this week because the Roosters, they haven't been the greatest nick as of late, but uh, they get Sam Walker back on board this week. Tedesco's backing up. Crichton's back, and... You know, we're at their best, they're still capable of beating anyone, the Roosters, and they're a bit short in the forwards, still no still no Sam Verrills for him in the hookering position, but Angus Crichton's a big leader of that pack. He'll come back in and do his job well, and uh, expect to see Suwali perhaps. He's in the 21 jersey right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he finds himself in the final 17 for this match, but... Um, Yep, it's, it's there for the Roosters to win the Titans a weekend at the moment. I think the Roosters will get on with the job. Fafita's a massive component, Dave Fafita, whoever he plays in this game um, for the Titans. But if he doesn't, expect the Roosters to be winning this one quite comfortably uh, from about 20 to 30 points. I'm going to go the Roosters by 24 in this matchup. So a couple of upsets on the Friday night, but the Saturday started with the Roosters. The next game takes place from Stadium Australia at 5.30 when the South Sydney Rabbitohs host the Newcastle Knights. If we're talking about origin-affected teams for the Rabbitohs, they've got a couple of um, late changes involved. Cam Murray won't be backing up after taking up a little bit of a head knock um, on Wednesday night. Jai Arrow's very unlikely to back up, and so is Jaden Sewer. So they're going to find themselves with a couple of youngsters coming into the side. It looks like Daniel Saifidi will back up for the Knights, and I believe that he was the only player they had to back up this week. But obviously, Newcastle is still very under strength. No Kalen Ponga, no Mitchell Pearce, no David Clemmer. It's going to be a tough ask against the Rabbitohs team that, you know, the 250-point games they conceded against the Storm and the Panthers um, were very tough losses to swallow if you're a CF Sydney player or a fan. But they've only still lost to the Premiers, and they lost twice to the Storm, once to the Panthers. They backed it up really nice a couple weekends ago when they beat the Eels comfortably. So they're a team that are going to be making a real run in the next month and trying to get their season back on track after a turbulent month before this. And I expect them to come out firing. Latrell Mitchell will back up, and he was in great touch on Wednesday night for the Blues. Um, Walker and Reynolds play their first game together in a in a side that's pretty complete for a while. Um, still no Mansell or uh, Jackson Paulo. Both of those guys are out. So Tane Milne and Braden Burns find themselves in the centres. Dane Gay guys, another one that's not backing up. So they're not full strength CFs, but man, that performance last week for Newcastle against Parramatta was absolutely pathetic. 40-4. to um, Their defence was non-existent, and I know they've got some tough situations, a lot of guys out, but you just got to expect a better effort from um, some of their key men. And uh, Jay Clifford had a debut to forget for Newcastle. He teams up again with Phoenix Crossland in the halves. Um, Kurt Mann's also out of this contest. So as short as the Rabbitohs are of troops in this game, Newcastle might be even more short. And I just expect the Rabbitohs um, to come out, get the job done. It might not be convincing, but they should have enough to win this game. And if they're fair dinkum about their season, even with their troops that are out, um, they should be winning this one convincingly. So I've got the Rabbitohs by 18. I think Newcastle can stay with them early, but the class of South Sydney will get them over the line in the end and expect Cody Walker to really combine with Latrell Mitchell well. Cody Walker's going to be out with a point to prove after making the New South Wales Blues side. And I think that Latrell's in such good nick that even when he backs up, he's going to have a game to remember. So um, the Rabbitohs by 18 for me in this matchup.
The final game of Super Saturday takes place from GIO Stadium when the Canberra Raiders host the Brisbane Broncos. And the Broncos, for them last weekend, it was more of the same story. They were in the contest in the first 30 minutes against St. George. And then after a Jermaine Psycho brain explosion, who he finds himself out of first grade this week, the Dragons scored through Matt Dufty. Just got a roll on. It was a great performance by Dufty and the Dragons. But uh, the Broncos... They find themselves in a big heap, and their opponents also find themselves in a huge heap. Canberra, for a team that I predicted to be in the grand final, it's just been an awful, awful season. It was an awful prediction, because who could predict what was going to go down there at Canberra? Caleb Aikens is suspended, so Bailey Simerson's back at fullback this week. Jack Wyden is still in the house with Sam Walker. He'll be backing up from origin. He had limited time on the field, but he'll be there. Ryan James is out, so um, once again, we find ourselves with a different... Forward pack, Josh Hodgson finds himself back in the starting hooker position. For the Broncos, Carmichael Hunt will play his first game in the NRL since I believe it was 2009. So a huge homecoming for Carmichael Hunt. Is he the same player that we saw all those years ago in the NRL? He's a great athlete, but does he have some NRL left in those uh, left in him? We'll find out. So him and Albert Kelly are the halves this week. Asako's been dropped. Herbie Farnsworth comes in. Payne Huss has been named to back up from Origin. So... This game's going to be a tight one. Both of these teams are going to be very, very desperate for a win. You guys know how I how I feel about Brisbane and tipping them. Every time I tip them, they lose. Every time I tip against them, they seem to win. It's almost impossible to tip either one of these teams at the moment. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Canberra have got to find some form. It's been a disaster year. They're better than this. I know they've got some players still out, like Jared Croker, but and obviously Chancellor Clodstad's out for the majority of the season. George Williams is gone. That's a lot of their key men that aren't playing that I had at the start of the year, but surely they can muster something in front of their home crowd because if they don't, Ricky Stewart and the whole side could find themselves under some pressure because... The way they're going, they're going for a, a lowly 13th, 14th, or maybe even 15th position this year. And um, you'd think that even looking at this side that's, that's running out this week, they're better than that on paper. So they need to find something. They need to find some magic to get them out of this whole Canberra. And it's not going to be an easy fix. It's going to be a long fix. But I think they can get over the Broncos, who, you know, unless we see Carmichael Hunt do what Albert Kelly did a month ago against the Roosters and have a huge debut and Payne Huss to lead inspirationally from the front for a victory. Um, I just don't see them winning this game. But again, they they beat the Roosters a few weeks ago. Uh, the Raiders can barely beat the Bulldogs at this point. So this game's really a toss-up. But I just, for the life of me, can't tip Brisbane in this game. So the Raiders, for me, by one. All right, Sunday afternoon football's next. And the first game takes place from 2 p.m. when the New Zealand Warriors host the Melbourne Storm. The Storm obviously have a lot of players that have to back up from Origin. Still no Ryan Paberhausen. Um, without all their stars last week, they got the win over Titans barely, but it was their worst performance of the year. A lot of unforced errors. Craig Bellamy won't be happy with that, so he'll be looking to get the troops ready to go this weekend. They do welcome back Cameron Munster. A huge in for them, and also Harry Grant from the bench. The talk is that they both may be playing. Christian Welsh, he's on the bench as well this week. Talk that he might not back up because of the head knock he took in origin. So um, I think they should err on the side of caution and not playing him. They're versing a Warriors side that isn't affected by origin, but they haven't been the best form themselves lately. They was there for the taking in that Cowboys game a fortnight ago, but uh, the Cowboys, through Valentine Holmes, just had a little bit too much composure, uh, composure in the dying minutes of that game. And the Warriors... 
seem to be in this place where they can compete in a lot of games, but they're struggling to get victories at the moment. Rich Walsh, their star fullback's out, so you'll see RTS head back into the fullback position. Cody Nicarima and Chanel Tavita Harris are the halves. Um, Wade Egan still the hook, and they do welcome back Josh Curran, the promising young forward uh, in the forward pack there as well. So uh, it's a big game for the Warriors in the course of their season. They find themselves out of the eight. I believe they've got five wins and seven losses. Um, they find themselves in ninth position. So uh, they need a big performance to get into the eight. As I said, the Storm looked a bit vulnerable last week. They got a lot of troops back this week, but a lot of those troops have played Origin in the last couple of days. So it's a big, big game for the Warriors. They can really compete in the against the Storm in this contest. Um, they'll also be boosted by the news that in round 22, they're going back to Mount Smart Stadium in New Zealand for the first time since 2019. So congratulations to everyone involved there and they and making that happen because it's about time the Warriors go home and play in front of a faithful crowd uh, in a farewell sort of match for RTS, even though it's only around 22. So that's going to be a huge boost for them. But in terms of this game, I don't tip against the Storm very often at all, really, a lot of the times. And, you know, as I said, Craig Bellamy is going to have him fired up after a bad performance last week. Um, they're just so professional. I don't think backing up is going to affect a lot of these Origin players that end up playing in this matchup. And it's going to be great to see Munster and Hughes have that combination that was electric for the past couple or couple months that Munster was playing the first few months of the season because um, they were really combining well. Nico Hines at the back will feel a lot more comfortable with those guys around him. And then you've got the one-two punch of Brandon Smith um, really... Uh, exposing um, the weaknesses in the defense after his forward pack leads such a good platform in the first 20 minutes. And then you take him off when he gets a little bit tired and put in Harry Green, who's absolutely electric um, from dummy half, and he was one of Queensland's best players on Wednesday night. So um, because this Melbourne Storm team's got a lot of New South Wales uh, Queensland representatives, you'll find that a lot of these guys will be able to make a statement after that disappointing performance on Wednesday night. And I've just got the Storm being too strong in this game by 10 points, but I think that the Warriors can stay in the fight. They have had an uninterrupted week of, uh, of of preparation for this contest, and I expect them to be in the ride in the fight against this Melbourne Storm side. All right, the second game of Sunday football, 4 p.m. It's usually the final game of the week, but we've got the long weekend this weekend, so there is a Monday game. But on Sunday at 4 p.m. from Bankwest Stadium, the Parramatta Eels host the West Tigers. Now, Bankwest is pretty much the Parramatta Eels. It is their home ground, but the Tigers also use it at a home stadium. So it's basically a, a double home game here, the Eels, they didn't, weren't too origin-affected, surprisingly. It's only Junior Paulo that's backing up for them. And the Tigers, same boat, only Joe Offenhanger here for them. So um, both these teams have had uninterrupted um, weeks heading into this contest. The Eels, it was a great win against Newcastle, a great uh, comeback last week, but they haven't really answered the critics even in a 40-4 to victory because they weren't playing much. Um, it seems when they verse, you know, those big opponents, the big uh, heavyweights, when the pressure's on, a lot of times they can't seem to come up uh, with the game-winning plays. And, you know, they, they often bully some of the weaker opponents, and that could be very well the situation on Sunday against the Tigers. But they still had a lot of questions to answer if they're going to be genuine premiership contenders. And it's a big week for them because the Tigers are coming off the back of a, a couple of victories. They uh, Last week, they beat the team that no one else has been able to beat, the Penrith Panthers. Now, they had seven players out of origin, sure, absolutely, but to get that win will do wonders for Michael Maguire's players, give them plenty of confidence heading into this contest. They are playing a better brand of football lately. It's been on the back of Dane Laurie, combining well with Adam Dewey in the centres, and the halves, Mbai and Brooks, 
look a little bit more comfortable. Brooks, surprisingly, looks a bit comfortable with Mbai when he's on the field. So it's an interesting dynamic. I don't know if Mbai would be my first choice 5-8 for him, but it seems to be working a little bit better than what was working with the Tigers at the start of the year. Jacob Little with his second season, first grade after the after he got dropped in the earlier earlier the season, looks like he's a lot more comfortable there as well, and he's doing a lot of work making tackles up there in the forward pack. So, for me, this Tigers team is capable of competing with the Eels. It's just whether they can stay with them for eighty minutes. I think the opening exchanges of this match will be fiery, but you look at the firepower that the Eels have when they're at their best. Guffo at the back was outstanding last week. Sevo, uh, you know, put an absolute clinic on in terms of scoring tries. And uh, their halves look a lot more comfortable together in Dylan Brown and Moses. Interesting to note that Blake Ferguson still finds himself in reserve grade. Hayes Dunster has uh, retained that spot on the wing with that big win last weekend. But I expect Ferguson to come back on into the field into the team at some point, and I think he was a bit of a scapegoat for their poor defensive performances recently. Um, but just expect uh, the Tigers to stay in the fight, but as the game goes on, the big forward pack of the uh, Eels um, in guys like Campbell Gillard and Paulo and Papali and Madison to really get over the top of this Tigers lineup. I mean, the Tigers will be out to match them early on, but um, there's, you know, strike weapons all around for Parramatta, and I just don't know if Tigers can maintain that for 80 minutes, and um, don't get me wrong, they're going to be out for a big game, they should be, after a great win last week, but I think the Eels just have a bit too much, uh, too much experience in those key moments against weaker opposition, so I think the Eels win this game by four points, but I expect it to be a real tight contest. Alright, which leads us to the final game of the round, Monday the long weekend, Monday football from Stadium Australia. The Canterbury Bulldogs host the St. George or Dragons. And if you're going to skip one game of the week, just make sure you're skipping this one. <laughs> it might be a bit harsh to say that for the Dragons because they found themselves with a good win and they find themselves still in the eight after all this time. They've got, uh, what are they on, seven wins? No, no, six wins and seven losses. But if they win this game, they can get back to even for the season, seven wins and seven losses. And if they can find themselves 12-12 and 12 at the end of the season, that, with the competition so divided in terms of staff here this season, that will guarantee them a final spot at the end of the year. They're versing a Bulldog team that, you know, they're always up for the fight early, but they just don't seem to have anything going for them past that. Their attack is dubious. Their defense uh, while it can be good in periods, just you know, it doesn't it doesn't go well after those opening ten minutes. And really, I can I'm struggling to see any positives from the Bulldogs this season. For me, it feels like they've gone backwards from last year. Um, Kyle Flanagan still doesn't find himself work, uh, in the starting lineup, but I don't think the cast combination of Wake and Avarillo are working. Their forward pack, while on paper looks good, a lot of times just soft down the middle. And for me, I mean, they're they're looking for next year already. I mean, it's halfway through the season. They have one win. They usually do get up for these games against the Dragons. They have a surprisingly good record against the Dragons, apart from the earlier game this year. But if the Dragons are fair dinkum out there in the finals, um, they should be winning this game. Matt Dufty had probably the game of his career last week. It was a good game, but it was against weakened opposition. I know there's a petition to get Dufty re-signed. You guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, how I feel about him. I think he's Got a lot of problems in his game. He goes missing in defense. The Broncos scored 24 points, and a lot of times he wasn't there to even, you know, contested defensive effort. He has a good passing game, and he's got a lot of pace, and those are very good abilities in first grade, but his defense isn't first grade standard. Um, his attitude isn't first grade standard for me. He doesn't take criticism well for more reports, 
and I just don't think that he's worth the Dragons investing their time in. And good luck to him getting a new contract. But for me, it's going to have to take a lot more than you know impressive performances against the Broncos. And let's be honest, he'll probably kill it in this game against the Bulldogs to impress me. That is a uh, a genuine first grade fullback. Just because you're bully teams that you know having disastrous seasons doesn't make you first grade quality for me. So um, we'll see how he goes this week. I said he'll probably have a big game. It won't help help his chances of getting a new contract for sure. Um, but Ben Hunt as well playing some. Great football, probably his best form that he's been in since he's gone to the club at the Dragons. And Jack Bird's been a revelation out in the forward pack last week, and he's maintained his spot there. Um, Tariq Sim has been named on the, on the bench um, to back up in this game. I think he will be playing. It was a great performance by him on, on Wednesday night, so I can understand that they give him the break. But uh, the Dragons, if they're fair dinkum, as I said, they should be winning this game. Corey Norman and Andrew McCulley's combination is going to help, but I think Ben Hunt and Dufty will be the main men in this contest, and uh, I expect the Dragons to win this one quite comfortably in the end just because, you know, as I said, they don't have a great record against the, the Bulldogs, but the Bulldogs, for me, I don't know where they score points at all because it's a mess at the moment. So I've got the Dragons by 24 to end the round, and that is my tips for round 14. I hope you, hope you guys have enjoyed this shortened edition of the show. I've been talking a lot about rugby league this week. Two shows in one week. We'll be back next week for the round 15 show. But just to recap my tips this weekend, I've got the Cowboys upsetting Manly on Friday night. Also with another upset, Cronulla upsetting Penrith from Friday night. So Cronulla causing Penrith to lose their second game of the year. Super Saturday, I've got the Roosters being too strong for the Titans. The Rabbitohs uh, beating a weakened Newcastle side. Toss of the coin in the 7.30 game, but, but I've gone the Raiders to beat the Broncos. Sunday footy, I've gone the Storm to beat the Warriors and the Eels to beat the Tigers. And on Monday, on the long weekend Monday, I've got the Dragons being too good for the Bulldogs and getting back to even for their season. All right, hope you guys enjoyed the edition of the show this week. If you're looking for a best bet, I haven't really focused at all, but I just think that head-to-head, the Cowboys are really good value against me and without Tom Zorovic. So that's what I think. But thank you guys for listening to the show again. Please like the Facebook page. Do all that good stuff. I'll see you guys next week on Steve's and our Real Footy Tips.